Welcome to the Mean Lady Talking Podcast. This is the podcast that tackles tough questions about relationships, life, love, and loss. It may not be the advice you want, but it's probably the advice you need. And now here's your host, grief therapist, motivational speaker, relationship expert, best-selling author, and attorney, the not really mean, mean lady herself, Susan J. Elliott. Good day, everybody. This is Susan Elliott, host of the Mean Lady Talking Podcast. And today is a Tuesday show. And I wanted to bring you something about listening to somebody who's giving you missed messages or listening to somebody who has told you conflicting things in the past, listening to somebody who seems to be really good one day and really horrible the next day. And you're trying to make sense out of nonsense, and as a result, your head is absolute spaghetti. And I know that a lot of people, especially those who have been involved with people that are highly dysfunctional or even personality disordered, spend a lot of time wondering, thinking, questioning the ex's behavior or dwelling on the whys or the how can they, or why did they. When I was wrestling with the different things I was being told at the end of my first marriage, a cousin of mine who I didn't really like, it was an adoptive cousin, I really didn't like, he never made me feel like I was part of the family. And I went to visit my mother right after she had, my adoptive mother right after she had had a mastectomy and she was only hours out of surgery. And I said something about, that my ex-husband had said, and he said to me, he's a pathological liar. And I just looked at him, I was unable to speak because although I felt like he never liked me, and he even said some things in front of me that confirmed that he didn't like me, I wasn't really sure why he was saying something so inflammatory in the hospital room, in the recovery room. We weren't even in a hospital room. We were in a recovery room where my mother was recuperating from just having had a radical surgery for most of the morning. And I couldn't understand that. I was like, who says that about your husband? I mean, we were not yet divorce. And the other reason why I was speechless was because I feared that it was true. There were so many things that my first husband said that was simply untrue and they couldn't be true because if they were true, then a second set of things he said could not be true. So it was head spinning stuff. After we broke up, I was so lost. He would say, I love you and I will never love anyone as much as I love you. But he was seeing someone else. Then he would say, I don't want to hurt you while doing a lot of things that caused me excruciating emotional pain. Then he would say, I care about the boys more than anything else in the world while doing so many things that hurt them. Then he was sleeping with both me and his new girlfriend for time and then telling me that she meant nothing to him and then telling her that I meant nothing to him. He tried to come back to me, but then he never really gave her up. He told me lie upon lie upon lie. Half of it had to be lies because it simply didn't comport with the other half of things he said. His words and his actions did not match. They didn't match at all. They didn't ever match. As a result of that, my head was always spinning. 
he keyed into certain things that I believed about us. We had been together a long time. We were teenagers together. We had a good time as teenagers. We used to swim across the lake. We had a rope swing. I was the only girl that would go off the rope swing. He'd always tell me how much he admired me. We played basketball together. He told me I was the most talented girl he'd ever seen play basketball. We would run. We were both sprinters. There were so many things that we did together. We rode dirt bikes together. We rode street motorcycles together. And he would always, always, always compliment me on being a female who would do these things that boys did. But he would always say to me as a teenager, but you're still such a girl, but you do all these great things. And we went hiking, we went rock climbing, we did all kinds of things. And he would always tell me, you're the only girl who'll do this. You're the only girl that I know that knows how to drive a stick shift. You're the only girl I know that'll go off the rope swing. And there were lots of guys who wouldn't go off that rope swing. I mean, it was pretty dangerous. And you would be in a very precarious position and one wrong move and you were going to smash yourself on the rocks below. So there were so many things we did together and he would always, always compliment me and say, I'll never find anybody like you because you're so special. You do things that other girls won't do, but you're still really girly girl. You know, you'll dress up when we go out, you'll wear high heels, you'll do this and that. So he would always compliment me with all these things that we did as teenagers. And he would say to me, I don't want to lose that. I don't want to lose my childhood. I don't want to lose my childhood memories with you. We had three kids together and he would always tell me how much the kids meant to him. But then he would act like they didn't mean anything. He would say to me, nobody's going to match the history that I have with you, no matter how long I'm with anyone else. He said, I'm never going to be with somebody else the way I was with you. When we separated, we had just bought our dream home. We had worked buying these fixer-uppers, buying one house and another house and another house. At 23 years old, we bought a slumlord's house. We had to get rid of all the tenants. We had to throw them out. We had to put blood, sweat, and tears into fixing up this house. And we sold it for a $60,000 profit, which was a lot of money. And then we bought two houses with that money. And then those houses went up in value and then we were able to finally buy the dream house that we wanted and we wanted a nice little piece of property near the ocean that's exactly what we got it was a gorgeous house gorgeous it had an in-law apartment where his grandmother could stay with us because she watched our kids it was a block from the ocean but it had this little babbling brook in front of it with this little bridge it was so nice and he would say to me, I want this to work. We finally got our house. We're finally in a place where we're not going to have any more kids. My youngest was going to kindergarten that year. And then he would be found out having an affair. And I just, I didn't get it. He would tell me that I was part of his childhood and the best times of his life in high school. And if he gave me up, he would give up all those wonderful memories. He was always waxing nostalgic while I was spinning around on the floor like Curly from the Three Stooges going woo 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 woo. But when he said that set of stuff about the childhood, about the dream home, about fixing up all the things that we had fixed up, we had spent seven years working on houses to get the house that we really wanted. So when he said all that stuff, I believed him because it matched what I believed about us. And it's what I fervently wanted to believe about us. I wanted to believe it was the most true and most important to each of us. 
But then he would say the second round of things. What was wrong with me? Why it would never work out? How I forced him into the arms of someone else? Why he was confused about whether or not he really loved her instead of me? How I caused him to abuse me? How I caused him to be estranged from the kids? How I cared more about the animals than I did about him. I mean, he would come up with all these ridiculous, ludicrous things. And most of them were things that he said I had done that caused him to behave badly. But I would ignore that second set of things because it was not what I wanted to hear. So when he acted on the second set of things, I was heartbroken and I was confused. But you just told me how much I meant. You just told me what our childhood together meant and how you didn't want to lose that. You just told me how much you wanted it to work. And I could not figure out how one set of things could be true, yet be completely the opposite of the way he was acting. I've talked on here about going to AA meetings because he was going to try to go to court and use different things that I had done in the past to convince the court that I was an alcoholic and he was going to get custody of the kids. So my therapist suggested that I go to AA meetings, but I didn't want to be there. So as I've said in other podcasts, I used to go, I used to sit in the back, I used to wrap my coat around me, I used to huddle into my coat. I didn't want to make eye contact with anybody. I didn't want to talk to anybody. I just wanted to be there. And I would sit there the most miserable person in the world. And a few weeks into doing this, I was sitting there in this late night meeting. The meeting started at 1030. It was supposed to be over 12, but if people still wanted to share, the guy that had started the meeting, he would let people share. I mean, sometimes this meeting went on to one, two o'clock in the morning. It was great. I loved it. So one night there was this, there was always magnificent sharing at this meeting. There were just people in raw pain and they would be so upset and the emotions would just pour out of them. And I would just sit there and listen. And I felt like I was with a group of people who really got it. And I had not planned on saying anything and I had not planned on being there very long. But one night I was listening to somebody share and this person said, The truth shall ring true. And it was as if somebody had taken a giant gong and just smashed me over the head with it. And the reason for that is because nothing my ex said rang true. It all was a bunch of garbage. And the only reason why anything he ever said rang true was because I wanted to fool myself into believing that he meant it. But on its face, nothing rang true. I was thinking that night, liar, liar, pants on fire. And even though I knew that him telling me things that I wanted to hear was a carrot stick thing, I was still spinning while he was extracting himself from the relationship and blaming it on me. And he was extracting himself slowly on his terms. And then coming back to me and scratching an itch whenever he felt like it. Yet I still drove myself bonkers trying to understand this behavior that made absolutely no sense. 
I banged my head against the trying to make sense out of nonsense wall over and over again. So finally one day I whined to my therapist. I said, you know what? I don't know what to believe anymore. And she said very simply, believe none of it. Discount it all. And I said, excuse me, what? And she repeated, when you don't know what to believe because a person is saying two different things or when their actions are incongruent with their words, discount it all. She said, instead of trying to tease out the truth as if there was any or parse out what he was saying as I had been doing, just throw the whole thing out the window, followed, hopefully, by him. I didn't listen right away, but every time he started to send me mixed messages, her voice got a little louder in my brain. And eventually I knew that what I needed to do in order to keep my sanity was to discount what he said. Every time I would think about things and my head would start spinning, I would catch myself and say, no, it doesn't matter. It doesn't make sense. Discount it all and stop thinking about this. And this is what I advise to my readers and my listeners and my Facebook group and my boot camp members and my private clients. Everyone knows that this is exactly what I preach. And the reason I preach that is because once I decided that it didn't make sense, and it was never going to make sense. Things got better after that. And I've done a video on this and I will post it in the show notes so that you have that as well. But once I learned to discount it all, all of what he said lost its power to upend me. And in all the years I've been doing this, I've seen people heal and grow when they surrender to the fact that it's not going to make sense and you have to discount it all. About a year after learning to discount it all with my ex, I was seeing a guy who was sweet, he was funny, he was charming, and he was exceedingly confused. And while we would have fantastic times together and we loved each other so much, he would get into these funks where he'd be confused about his ex. And he would vocalize his confusion to me. Should I call her? Should I give it another try? And I would say, you told me how horrible she was. And he would say, yeah, I know, but we were together for three years. And he would say, should I just forget about those three years? And then he would say, I'm getting in so deep with you. I think it might be too soon. And he would do this right after we just had this glorious weekend together. Then he would say to me, I love you. I'm so grateful for you. You're the best thing that ever happened to me. We would have these wonderful weekends and he'd be smiling and hugging me and kissing me as he walked me out to my car, telling me I was the best thing since the folded napkin. He'd say, we had magical and fun weekends, and he'd describe the relationship with his ex, which was full of arguments and misery and horribleness. And he always told me how much fun he had with me, how much fun I was, how funny I was, how fun to be with, and how happy I made him. And he told me that his ex had the personality of a flea. 
and how much better it was to be with someone who could laugh and who could make him laugh. And I've told this story a bunch of times. But then we would be in an intimate embrace and the phone rings. He didn't have caller ID. There was no cell phones. So he didn't know who was on the phone. Sometimes his job would call and ask him to come in early because he worked second and third shift. So he'd always answer the phone. And as soon as he would come back and it was her, he would tell me how confused he was. And then he would say, maybe we shouldn't see each other anymore. And then my balloon would burst into a million little pieces. This didn't make any sense to me. How could she be so horrible and I could be so wonderful and yet he was conflicted? After a few months of this, I would sit with all the wonderful things he said and try to parse it out and tease out the truth. I was sure, I was very, very sure that he did love me and he was grateful for me. But I was also sure that he was confused about his ex, even though I could not understand it in a million years. Why would you want to be with somebody who made you that miserable? So I went to my therapist and I said, how do I sort this out? And her answer was very simple and very direct. And she just said, discount it. And that was hard. It was really hard because I knew he loved me. I knew he wasn't lying about that. But I also could not understand, did not understand in a million years why he would give his ex the amount of time he would give her. And it seemed like as soon as she would get me out of the picture, then she would get out of the picture again, leaving him lonely and confused once again. But I had to get to the point where I discounted absolutely everything. This guy was not a liar. He was not a pathological liar. He was not in the same category as my ex. He was an honestly confused young man. I believed him when he told me whatever it was that he told me. Because it was the truth at the time he said it. I honestly believed that at 8 p.m. he loved me and wanted to be with me. And I honestly believed at 11 p.m. he was having second thoughts about his ex. And when you're faced with someone who believes A at 8 p.m. and B at 11 p.m., that doesn't make him a liar, but it makes him an unreliable source. And if I want to know how someone feels, I think it's a good idea if they themselves actually know how they feel. Otherwise, I can't get a reliable report. And if I can't get a reliable report, either because they're a liar or because they're confused or because they're a mental case, it doesn't matter. If I can't get a reliable report from someone, even if that person is not being deceitful, dishonest, that person is really trying to work through whatever it is they're trying to work through, I have to discount it all. I can't just take the report that I like. When set A and set B do not mesh, It doesn't matter if they're lies or if they're confusion. Nonsense is nonsense. Original origin of nonsense doesn't matter. I truly wanted to believe the second guy because I really did think he wanted to be with me. But when I was away from him, I had to admit that there were just too many inconsistencies. Did it really matter that he wasn't a big fat liar? Not really. 
because whether a person is a liar or just confused, their words have to line up with all their other words and all their words have to line up with their actions. I honestly believed he was not lying to me. He was not playing me. Part of him was torn and part of him was completely incapable of making a firm decision and sticking with it. And we were a rebound couple. We each were getting together on the heels of breaking up with someone else. And to move on from him, I had to discount it all, just as if he had done nothing but lie to me. It hurt and it was hard because it made no sense. And we were good together. But trying to live with the nonsense was causing my head and my heart to hurt. Breaking it off with him and resisting contact later on was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do because it was so good between us. And it was so good compared to the horribly abusive relationship I'd had with my ex. This was someone I truly had a lot of fun with and I clicked with on so many levels. But I just couldn't live with his ex contacting him and upending him all the time. I tried several times to wait out his dips into what do I do now, but it drove me crazy that he could not or would not make a decision. So I used the discounted all method with him. It was hard, but it worked. I had to discount all the wonderful memories I had with him because it just did not jibe with the non-wonderful stuff. And it obviously didn't mean enough to him to end it with his ex once and for all. And if it didn't mean enough to him, then it shouldn't mean enough to me. And he would not be the last confused guy that I ever met. I met other confused men later on. Or some of them were not completely confused, but they were erratic or inconsistent. And after a while, it would rise to the level of, I have to discount this all because I cannot figure it out. The guy did not have to be a big fat liar or even a confused banana head. If the messages were garbled and he was an unreliable reporter about his own feelings, no matter what the reasons, I had to discount it all. It wasn't up to me to try to figure it out try to untangle the spaghetti, try to put this over here and that over there and figure it all out. That was not my job. I had to get to the point where I would no longer allow anyone to put me in knots, whether they were purposely lying to me or they were changing their minds or they just didn't know their own mind because Knowing their mind was not one of their priorities. I was no longer interested in putting more effort into trying to understand someone than he was interested in understanding himself and coming to some kind of conclusion. I dated a guy in graduate school who would ruminate about everything and come to zero conclusions. He was always in some kind of funk or another because he never did anything about anything. His issues, his questions, his confusions just led him around by the nose. He would spend a day all freaked out about something and never ever do anything about it. And sometimes he seemed to make up crap to worry about. One night we're in the middle of a nice dinner, 
We had both worked all day. We had both gone to school all night. We stopped off at this burger joint, one of our favorite burger joints in Cambridge, Massachusetts. We're laughing. And then all of a sudden, he gets this down look on his face. And I looked at him, and I was like, what happened? Like, did you swallow something that didn't agree with you? I mean, what, what happened? And he said he thought his son didn't think he was cool. I had no idea where that came from. We weren't talking about his son. We weren't talking about anything very seriously. And I swear, all the air went right out of the room. I was like, why Why is he bringing this up? And then he just started ruminating about it. Like he was willing himself to be miserable. And that would go on for the rest of the night. And then he would say, oh, thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. Ba, 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 ba. And I'd be thinking, what the hell just happened? And then the next day, he'd be all laughs and goofiness. And then the next morning, if it was a Sunday after a wonderful night out, and he was a musician, so I went to a lot of his gigs, and we would go to this crazy, crazy diner in downtown Boston. They used to call it the Star Wars Bar because it was bizarre, and all these bizarro things happened. So I would sit there at his gigs, having a great time. We'd go to the Star Wars Bar. We would be laughing, joking, carrying on. We'd get in like 4 o'clock in the morning. We'd go to sleep. And he'd wake up and say he was depressed. Just depressed. And I would look at him. And even though I was in school to be a therapist, I wasn't in school to be his therapist, and I just didn't want to do it. I had my kids every, every day except for two weekends out of the month. When I didn't have the kids, I didn't want to be doing this. I didn't want to be listening to him contemplating his navel. We had had a great time. I sat all night by myself while he was on stage playing. We had a grand old goofy old time at the Star Wars bar. We came home laughing, carrying on with each other, having a great time. We sleep for a few hours and now he's depressed. And part of me would just go like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. And it was so hard for me to say, what the hell are you depressed about? This is ridiculous. I would just get up and go. I feel like I can't deal with this. Because it was willed angst. It was some kind of woe is me mindset that would wreck our days, wreck our nights, and so many times wreck an otherwise wonderful weekend. He seemed to work on it. And then he would just wind up in this emotional morass over nothing. And while I liked the funny, goofy guy, and I could deal with talking a little bit about depression or what his son thinks or whatever, I couldn't take when he would just make it all about nothing. I know that partners have a certain amount of responsibility to listen to the other partner's tales of woe and worries and all kinds of things. But he would just do it way too often. And even though this kind of thing is not the same as lying, it would wind up in who is the real guy here. Like if we go on with this relationship, if we wind up moving in together or getting more serious, which guy am I going to get? I had to discount it all because I just couldn't ride the emotional waves anymore. I had to throw out my fond thoughts of the guy sitting across from me and laughing. And he had one of the most wonderful laughs I've ever heard. 
and when he was joking around he was hilarious but then again so was my ex who was a pathological liar i had to throw those thoughts out of the jokey guy the funny guy the laughing guy because i had these angry thoughts of the guy who qualified for cuckoo's nest every sunday morning and the task of trying to put them together was too hard i couldn't do it there were two very distinct personalities going on here it's who he was who was he both of them and i didn't want to sign up with mr woe is me i understood again i understood very very clearly that if you're a partner you need to be supportive you need to listen but this was just going on way way too much and over nothing how in the hell did he come up with this my son doesn't think i'm cool out of left field while i'm at the end of a very trying day i'm having a good time i'm eating all i want to do is relax and have fun i still have an hour's ride home i don't want to listen to this at midnight when i've been going since seven o'clock in the morning and i still have a few more hours to go before i get to go to sleep and then do it all over again in the morning i just didn't want to do it it was inappropriate it was not okay if i didn't want to sign up with mr woe is me i had to let go of mr wonderful laugh if someone's words do not match their words or if their words and actions are not consistent or their moods are all over the map or just trying to figure out how this can be true and this other thing is true or how can you be confused about this or how can you be depressed about this or why are you bringing this up now and i'm talking about reasonable people because especially with the last guy i checked myself very closely to make sure i was being reasonable and i would talk to friends who knew both of us we had a lot of mutual friends and it's in my book getting past your breakup one of the guys said to me it sounds like you're trying to push glue up a hill and that's exactly what it felt like and that's why it made it into the book when who is the real guy here is unanswerable and you know you gotta accept both of them and you can't then you have to discount it all if someone's words don't match all their other words or their actions are not consistent or their moods are just crazy crazy all over the map you have to discount it all don't drive yourself crazy even trying to figure out is this person lying is this person confused is this person need medication <laughs> i mean don't go there don't drive yourself crazy trying to figure out stuff that can't be figured out in a hundred million years don't drive yourself crazy trying to figure out which end is up just discount it all don't waste time wondering how could someone do a and then say b or how could somebody be so blah and then do this or how could someone say x and then do z just discount it all whenever these questions pop up just wave them away with the gpyb mantra it doesn't matter it doesn't matter it doesn't matter and discount it all don't feed your own denial by trying to hang on to the parts you want to hear the parts you want to believe 
listen for all of it and then discount it all. If someone says something or does something that makes no sense whatsoever, discount it all. Yes, it hurts and yes, it's hard. But in the end, it makes an easier time of moving on once for all. You're not going to be beating your head against the wall going, well, how could they say this and then do this? Or why did they do this? And why did they run my net? And why the blah, 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 blah? I was so angry the last few Sundays that I left when that guy would wake up depressed. And I would think, why is he doing this? Why is he doing this? We could have such a nice rest of the day. But instead, I'm leaving in a huff because he's waking up depressed. And I don't even know what about. For many, many months, I questioned about the guy that kept going back with his ex. How could he keep going back with his ex when she makes him miserable and I make him happy? How is that possible? And then there was my ex, you know, who was just like a complete pathological liar. But it doesn't matter whether they're doing it on purpose or not on purpose, whether they're confused, whether they've got some sort of negativity about them that you just can't handle. You have to discount it all because hanging on to the good parts, hanging on to the parts that you really, really like is just going to drive you completely bananas. So take care of you and taking care of you begins with it doesn't matter what's the truth. It doesn't matter if everything's true or nothing's true. Just discount it all. Keep yourself safe and sane and dis count it all. Mixed messages are not just hard to navigate, they're impossible to navigate, so stop trying. It's not your place to make sense out of nonsense. Just discount it all, leave it all behind, and whenever these questions start popping into your head, just go, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter, I'm discounting all, I don't care what it means, I don't care which part is true which part is not true what he's confused about what he's not confused about why he does what he does the things that he's doing to wrap our really nice weekend or whatever it is mixed messages are not hard to navigate they're just not not if you get into the habit of discounting it all you can do this this is susan elliott host of mean lady talking podcast and this is another episode of what to do with these crazy people in your life so discount it all doesn't matter doesn't matter doesn't matter have questions comments feedback email me lady talking podcast at gmail.com and i'll see you all on the internet please remember to review and rate the podcast on whatever platform you listen to thanks a lot guys take care bye-bye